excited for today's episode. I might say that about every episode, but it's it's genuine. I am very excited for each episode, but especially excited for this one because we're trying something new today. Uh, so we're kind of going to lean into um, a little bit of a series approach here. And this series in particular, we're going to call Lab Experiments. Uh, and within each of these Lab Experiment episodes, uh, you're going to hear from a member of the Refine Labs team team, maybe a couple of them. Um, today, it'll be Ashley talking about uh, an experiment that she is currently running for one of her clients. We'll do our best to kind of, you know, make sure that we're not calling out any specific brands or names or technologies um, and really kind of sticking to just the high level experiment, uh, some of our hypotheses, some of the results that we're seeing. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, kind of sharing some of the details so that our followers, our audience um, is able to, uh, you know, maybe hear enough that they could try similar experiments or at least, you know, have a little bit more information um, as they're thinking through some different strategies for their upcoming uh, marketing initiatives. So with that, um, we can kind of get into the meat of the discussion today. And uh, I think really at the highest level, this particular experiment is all about messaging, positioning, and how those um, two things, which are oftentimes kind of conjoined, uh, how they can really make an impact on the user experience on your website, and ideally the conversion rate uh, of people that are landing on your site and um, clicking through, some submitting a demo request, so on and so forth. So with that, let's, let's get into it. Um, so Ashley, Tell me a little bit about, uh, I think the best place to start is like, you know, what's the, the problem you identified or the, the challenge that was brought to you, the question that you were looking to answer. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, where you started with all this and, and whatever background you think might be necessary. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I always question uh, messaging. I think it's something that is constantly needs to be on the docket of things to evaluate. And so this whole experiment came about of looking at the website specifically. So I'll pick on the website for this experiment, but it can be, we can go into how it'll be expanded upon after that. But on your website, are you clearly communicating who you are, what you do, and why a customer should choose you? So oftentimes in marketing, especially in B2B <laughs> SaaS, uh, it often can get very fluffy um, and very uh, marketing heavy, like the top rated or all these kind of buzzwords. But when you take a step back, a lot of times your audience doesn't even know what that was. You know, I, in a previous life, had a competitor redo their entire site and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And I'm in the space, you know, so how do you feel that your potential customers will feel if they read that messaging. So often it's kind of like getting out of your own way as a marketer and really evaluating that is your messaging hitting and is it clear and is it concise? Because that will always win over being quote unquote clever. So that was the problem that we were looking to solve. We were looking at the website as a whole because that is kind of like your home base. You know, that's where people land. It's essentially your home where everything sells. Um, it's your sales team that's always on as a website. So we looked at it and we evaluated, is this site perform or is the website performing well? And so we looked at different site metrics in Google Analytics, like bounce rate, average time on site, um, pages per session, and then conversion rate, of course. 
And so we looked at a lot of those different things and then evaluated and looked at the copy and asked, is this resonating? And so the hypothesis was with testing the messaging, can we improve the site performance just on that alone? So that's where the experiment really kicked off from. So that's super interesting. So um, it, it almost seems like this was a little bit more of a proactive experiment than mm -hmm. than reactive. Is that is that a, a good assessment? Like, were you seeing when you were digging into some of the the GA data? Was there anything that jumped out at you that said like, oh boy, like this is a a really low performing website? Or is this more of just kind of like you know, hey, this is a great practice for marketers. Always be questioning things, especially that that homepage real estate that's getting so many views. Um, so yeah, like kind of, yeah, help me understand how this, uh, how this came about. You're spot on. It was a proactive um, experiment. So it was really just questioning the, you know, our thought process and getting ahead of and looking for additive ways to drive growth. Because if you really think about it, I mean, if you can increase your conversion rate just by mm, like 1%, which is very minimal, um, when you really think about it, if you get the same amount of traffic, but with that 1% higher, it could yield 100 plus, depending on what your volume is and your current conversion rate, 100 plus more conversions. I mean, that's money right there, you know, that you could be making or leaving on the table if you're not constantly being iterative uh, with your site as well. This is a mistake that I see with a lot of marketers. Oftentimes there's this huge website project, whether it's a brand refresh or a site relaunch or whatever it may be, where you spend all this time creating this beautiful site, you launch it, and then it's almost like a set it and forget it. Like we're not going to touch this for six plus months. I actually think that your website should be something that is talked about almost daily, and you should have an experimental roadmap, uh, you know, outlined out so that you're constantly testing, so that you're using the time that is passing anyways to figure out what's working or what's not, so you can use those lessons beyond just the website and it can carry out not through just marketing, but your product team, like how they're talking about the product or maybe what they're building, uh, even into sales, it just goes the whole gamut of the entire organization. So I think it's just something really important that marketers should constantly be working on. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, let's get into some of the, the granular details about, uh, you know, about how you go about kind of testing some of the, the messaging on the website. So, um, did you approach this and uh, almost as like a like a split test, you know, where where you've got kind of a different ex, uh, experience for uh, an equal amount of people that are landing on the site, or was this just a you know um, we know what our baselines are, and so let's change everything and see how it performs? So yeah, give me give me a little more context there. How did how did everything kind of um, come about, and and uh, yeah, what was the the process that you followed? Absolutely. Uh, so we did use a technology partner uh, in order to do a little bit of the preliminary research. You do not need to use a technology partner, though. I, I can give you know different free ways to go about this as well. But we did use a technology partner that basically um, took their target audience and it pulled them. They asked for the qualitative feedback of what do you feel or what do you think when you see this copy on the site? They gave really, really great feedback, uh, went through a couple of iteration rounds, and then they launched net new copy on the site. So we took that qualitative feed feedback from in-market prospects. Then we put it on the site. It was a baseline, so it wasn't a clean A-B test. I will call that out right away. It was not a clean A-B test. I typically recommend a clean A-B test just because it helps eliminate a lot of the what-if questions that you may receive after it. Like, well, is it because of seasonality? Is it because of a certain campaign that was live? 
whatever it may be. So I will call that out. Should be an A-B test. You can use different programs in order to do that. And you, you know, cleanly split it. Um, it just allows for a little bit more of a fair playing ground. But what we did was here's the baseline of what it was prior. And then we launched on X date. Now what's the performance moving forward? And can we compare that to the previous period um, and see what the performance looks like? So that was more of the, like how it was rolled out. Um, but yeah, again, if you're to do this, recommend the clean AB test. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a great tip. Um, and so I, I did get a little bit of a preview around what the experiment looked like uh, that you shared with me in advance of this, um, of this, this podcast recording. And so there was something really interesting that I, I noticed, but uh, I'm not going to give it away yet. Um, but tell me a little bit about like what you were, uh, I, I guess in, in terms of like the 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 messaging on the website um how did you decide what you wanted to test there right so you know was it like your you know your your hero uh image and and copy um was it you know something a little bit closer to the fold or even below it was it everything uh yeah tell me um and and provide you know a little bit more of that that detail for some of the audience here who's just listening and doesn't have the visual aid that I did uh, and kind of, um, yeah, walk us through as best as you're able to, uh, you know, what the the actual copy test look like. You got it. Absolutely. I'll try and paint it as best as I can. So what we tested first was the um, hero copy that lives above the fold. I highly recommend tackling that one first. When you look at the um, psychology of where your eye goes, just with you, you know, UX design, you go to that hero text first, then you'll read right underneath of it. Typically, when a lot of people are evaluating sites, they instantly go to the design. You know, we're going to test X design. It's actually more impactful to test your messaging first. Um, usually, messaging has a higher um, impact when experimenting with. So we, we went with the copy. So experiment with the hero text first, and then also what went below it. Um, one other thing that changed was the CTA button, which I would recommend keeping consistent just as, you know, to eliminate one of the variables that you could say, well, is because we switched to this. So that is another thing that there's never a perfect A-B test. I will be the first one to admit that. That is something that learning lesson, you know, if you're going to be outlining your own experimentation tests, make sure you're not changing too many variables at once. So we did the hero text and then underneath of it. And where this came about was the feedback that we got from the prospecting um, audience was, hey, I don't know what you do. Or why are you different than your competitors? And so it was very like clever, like copywriting that was, you know, a spin on words and adjectives and things like that. That was the hero text before to make it feel very creative and things like that. And it's a little bit heartbreaking as a marketer to hear that doesn't land because you're like, oh, I spent all that time working on this. It was so dang good. But it, I mean, it's valuable. Good copywriting is copywriting that converts. So experimented with that and then, you know, clearly called the main message that we want to get across in the hero. And then bullet points that go along with like those product differentiators were what sets it apart underneath of it. And so tested the homepage first, and this was all above the fold. It went through a couple of iterations of asking 
you know, for feedback on this, you don't need to do it where it's in a bucket of this, you know, feedback round. You can also do it in other ways too. I think, you know, the process relatively stays the same, um, whether you're testing it, you know, by launching and then, ask, you know, letting the results roll in and see if it works. So we started with the homepage, let that one go. And then I think you should always start with the most trafficked, trafficked uh, page on the site. And then you move from there and you start to spider web out. So next came the demo page, because of course that's one of the most like highest impact pages and one that you for sure should constantly be testing on. Because if you can squeeze out just a couple more, you know, and submissions there, again, money. Uh, so then went into the demo side, same thing. So only experimented with the hero. So it was a two, twofold. So copy on the left side, uh, form on the right, all above the fold. So the hero text and the sub copy underneath, which went into bullet points, uh, that was all changed as well. So it kind of, it was a cool process to see starts with one site. Now we're going to go move in and do this process on another page and just kind of keeping that flow going and really focusing on just the most impactful pieces of the site. Yeah, that's um, and that's that's great detail. Uh, I think uh, for all those out there that might be more visual learners, um, yeah, I don't know that Ashley could have painted a, a better picture than that just by by talking through things here. But uh, I, I think um, I want to get into to hearing about the the results of the experiment. But I'll tell you what was so interesting to me about this from from what you had shared with me ahead of time is that from the looks of it the uh the higher performing version here was the one that actually had more copy and more context around it um and so often in marketing right we're we're taught less is more you need to be more concise um everything needs to focus on you know you 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 messaging what's in it for you um but what looked like one out here was the copy that had more context, uh, like you were hitting on before, it hit on the product differentiators, which again, goes against a lot of the common rules that we hear, which is, you know, focus on the, the, the benefit to the, uh, to the user and don't talk about yourself. But meanwhile, the data was kind of suggesting otherwise. So, um, so yeah, let's get into the, the results. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what the, the data said and, um, and what some of those, those key takeaways were. Yeah, before I get into the results, I do want to go on like just a small rant there uh, because I think it's super important is I feel like as marketers, we're constantly told what's best practice, whether it's form length or th some things like that. I think you always need to be testing assumptions. So just because there's this standard thought that less fields on a form make it better, that's not always the case. And you need to constantly be testing those assumptions. They're great to be a baseline. I know like, you know, when you're doing, you know, site content and things like that, you were taught less is more, but that's not always the case. And you really have to test those assumptions because it can vary from, company to industry to persona, whatever it may be, some personas want more, like they are very more consumption focused. So pigeonholing yourself in a box of best practices can really hurt your performance. So that's just my little soapbox before uh, yeah, I get well, before you get down from the soapbox, it. I want to I want to double down on that one. Um, I've always thought that best practices are just the same shit that everyone else is doing. And if our job as marketers is to find a way to stand out from the rest of the field, 
why on earth should we all be following best practices all the time? Uh, instead, you know, test, let the data tell you the right direction to go and throw all the best practices out, throw most of the best practices out the window. So, okay, you could step down from your, your soapbox now and, and let's get into the results. All right, so results wise, so this is still very early. So they're preliminary results. I will also caveat with that. Um, so like in the first couple of weeks, we've noticed like almost a 40% increase in just the conversion rate. Traffic was a little bit lower, but that can be a multitude of reasons. And that's not something that uh, draws me back. I actually think that's very interesting because even with less traffic, we're still getting such a high conversion rate. Nothing else marketing wise changed drastically. So it's not like we tried a whole new way of advertising or anything like that that may have increased the site performance. But overall, about a 40% lift um, on both pages, um, you know, give and take a couple uh, per percentages as well. So I thought that was really cool and enlightening to see. And I'm very excited to follow along with it and to see how it shakes out with even more data until it reaches that statistical significance phase. That's really exciting. So um, what would you say outside of, you know, make sure you're testing everything, what would you say your key takeaway was from this experiment? And more importantly, like, how are you going to um, how are you going to action that those those insights? How are you going to continue to to utilize what you've you've learned from the experiment here? Yeah, one of the biggest takeaways that I have is that your messaging should constantly be tested, and you should be leaning on not just what feels great internally. You should be testing in your market of what's resonating because as a marketer, you may say say like this is this is so clear, this is spot on, whatever it may be. And that means nothing if your market doesn't agree with it. So I think you really have to like detach yourself from the marketing as well uh, and really let your market tell you what it looks like. Um, so that's a huge one is that your messaging should constantly be this iterative um, approach and something that you're constantly challenging. The second one is that your website should constantly have a CRO roadmap. And I'm not just talking about something like change the button color. I mean, very large, impactful pieces. Um, I like to break the rules a little bit with CRO because CRO typically can be very like um, restrained and you have to like follow this very detailed like process. And I felt like it was almost like a, a barrier in the past on when I worked in-house of like, I can't test anything because it's in this phase and I have to wait six more weeks before it reaches statistical significance or whatever it may be. But by, by, by the time that, you know, experiment may have ran it, what's the results? Is that impactful or whatever? So being able to also break the rules with CRO, I think is very important, but making sure that you're constantly having something on the roadmap and that you're constantly testing things on your site as well. And it can be multiple pages as well. Like you could be doing one on the homepage and one on your pricing page or something like that. The lessons that you're going to take from it are super impactful, not just for the marketing team, but as the product or for the company as a whole, even sales to understand, hey, we were testing this messaging prior. This is the messaging that's really hitting. So when I do outbound or when I'm doing any type of uh, discovery calls or whatever it may be, this is something that lands with the audience. And so I'm going to lean into that versus other areas I could have been testing before. So CRO roadmap, um, constantly be testing. Um, I think those are the like the huge ones. And then 
how do you action this? Like, what are you going to do with these insights? I think is another huge takeaway. So cool. We got these results. What are we going to do with this? I think that's a cool conversation to get into. I really like the idea of saying like, hey, this really, this messaging really resonated over here. Which other channels can we let it flow into and see if it also resonates over there? Yeah, I think that that's, um, and that to me is particularly interesting, right? Like would the same messaging that, uh, that worked for, for them on the on the homepage on their demo page, could you utilize that um, within paid media, where you know the mm-hmm. uh, the intention, the focus of the the audience is much different? Um, they might not necessarily know who you are, what your brand is, what you do at that point, and so you know, would some of that? Uh, this is us, this is how we're different. Would that same messaging that that worked well and led to lift on the website? Um, would that work, you know, within, uh, within some, some advertising and, and paid media? So I think, um, yeah, if, uh, if you don't already have some plans to continue the testing, um, maybe you've got a, a next step right there. Cause, uh, I think that would be particularly interesting as well to see just how far you can go with, um, you know, some of this, this new messaging that, that you, uh, you and the, the team seemingly uncovered there. And one more takeaway that I want to offer just in terms of uh, testing in general in marketing. Um, something I, I, I like to say quite a bit is, you know, uh, micro tests are going to lead to micro results. And I think, yeah. you know, if you're going to, like you said, test a button color, um, you're, you're not going to get a whole lot of, of lift from it. Uh, it's certainly going to take you a while to get to that statistical significance level, but more than anything, um, you know, you're, you're not going to get, any massive results that are going to come from a, a really minor test like that, unless you're, you know, a company that's just generating like millions and millions of, of visitors all the time. And, uh, you know, and you do have the, the, the data set available to, um, you know, to make those really, really small tweaks and, and, you know, see them play out almost in real time. But for the rest of us, uh, you know, if you're going to test something, take some big swings, take some, you know, take some gambles and, and see what happens. Um, and, you know, hey, you might be surprised at, at, at what the results tell you. So uh, this is awesome, Ashley. Any, um, any closing words or tips or, or, you know, kind of a preview of, uh, of what you're thinking about next that, that you want to share before we, we wrap up here? Yeah, I actually have one uh, takeaway that I, if I was to recommend, um, I want to make this accessible to every single company and team size and budget size of something that you could do in order to get this, um, you know, feedback from not just your customers. I know we always talk about calling your customers, but I actually think it's a little bit of the opposite when you're testing website messaging. Ideally, it would be someone who's not super familiar with your brand or your site or something like that. Something I love to do is to ask someone to jump on a five-minute Zoom call where you share your screen and you show you pull up your website and you ask them questions while they're like consuming your site of things like, who do you think we are? What do you think we do? What are your immediate thoughts? Where would you go in order to do this? How would you complete X thing like purchase or sign up or whatever it may be? And watching them navigate your site and think out loud is super insightful and it's really, really powerful to get that type of feedback. You can get this with technology, of course, but again, I want to make this as accessible as possible to every single marketer out there is it doesn't require a ton of money in order to get these type of insights. You could do it very creatively um, and even capturing this and documenting it and showing it to the entire team to kind of unlock some brainstorms is super cool as well. Like you can have some really great insights that you come out with this as a team. But I would say definitely lean into 
looking at your market as your testing framework. So, you know, it doesn't have to be just you in your office coming up with what the new, next copy is and just throwing it out there and seeing if the market will adapt to it. You can, you know, test it in other creative ways, like jumping on a Zoom call or something like that. So that's a huge one. The other one is just the cascading effect of experimentation as well. So next up with this one is start with the homepage, move into other high intent pages, and then go into ads next. So that's another place that if you could validate the, the message before you spend 20K plus on a campaign, you know, and see if it's going to flop right away, like the messaging doesn't hit, you're going to save so much money. It's going to be a much better, you know, conversion rate, your campaigns are going to constantly get better, things like that. So I think you need to also have like a cascading effect of your um, testing framework and also apply the lessons from each one to stack some growth there. That's awesome. Those are great tips. And, uh, and the last one I'll add to it is document everything because um, you never yes. know when you might just start running additional experiments and forget about what you learned or a new person comes into the fold, a new colleague, and you want to bring them up to speed when they ask like, oh, have we tested this? You bet we have. And here's a long document that you can read through with all the information around it uh, from the hypothesis to the results. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that approach too. And, uh, and, and it sounds like um, we're in agreement there, Ashley. So uh, well, thank you. Yeah. This has been um, an awesome conversation. Uh, thank you for helping us kick off this new series. Um, I certainly have, uh, I, I think you've set a high bar for everyone else who's going to join us here on, on future lab experiment episodes, but um, this, was, this was really fun, Ashley. So thank you so much. And uh, for all the listeners out there, thanks for listening. So until next time. Thank you.